everyone, how you doing? Welcome back to the Warrior to Warrior podcast. This is our first official episode. We're so excited to get started. My name is John Tomasello. I'm Mary Farah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Dominic Farah. And I'm Brian Rogalski. So, uh, guys, we've been hanging out for a little while. I'm excited to just start talking. I don't even know what about yet. We're not coming in with a plan. <laughs> We're not coming in with an outline. We're not coming in with a script. We have made the decision together by his inspiration to just walk into each filming session and just see where his spirit takes us. See where the Holy Spirit goes with it. See what we're supposed to talk about. I'm just the mouth. That's all I ever am is just the mouth. When I write things down, all I am is a pen. I want him to be the one that talks. I want his wisdom. I don't know, any thoughts on that? I mean... You have yeah, a thought. Well, <laughs> I'm just thinking, because you're saying it specifically for this. Um, just recently, just I feel like in my life, that's what he's doing. Like, just completely just sacrificing yourself into the Holy Spirit specifically, too. I mean, I went to Amped the, like the other day. Hey, everybody. Brian here. I just wanted to say that uh, Amped is a young Catholics group that we go to Tuesday evenings because we didn't mention what it is in the podcast. All right, thanks for listening. And that's when I found out about there's perpetual adoration there and you should be going to adoration at least I think once a week just because you can get direction once a week from the Lord I mean that's why you should go to adoration when I went into adoration that day that day it was the first time in my life I was like you know what I'm done you can have my whole soul I just I can't do because there's so much agony and trying to do things yourself mm. and I just gave it up though like I stayed there for like almost two hours and then I stayed with the next day and stayed for another two hours. And this was crazy too. Marin lost her credit card and I found it <laughs> and picked it up. And I didn't even see her that day. We didn't see her. And then she met me at the chapel the next day and I gave it back to her. So you were at, in adoration and you just saw that person's name. <laughs> I was going to go into the chapel and the, it, the credit card was on the floor the day that Father Leon was there. I'm like, oh, Marin. And I, I hadn't seen her in a while. And then I called her. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then she came and met at the chapel and actually, like, went to do adoration for a little bit. And I gave her the card and, like, we caught up and stuff like that. So that was really cool, too. So, like, I thought about that. I'm like, I'm glad that I'm the one that found the credit card or whatever the debit card and not someone. Look, I feel like anyone who go near an adoration chapel wouldn't steal a credit card. You know what I mean? But it's nice that um, that it was, like, I it was me who found it because I knew her. And then, um, but back to what I was saying before about that, like, I just, because, you know, everyone knows that, like, you know, I broke up in August with my ex-girlfriend, and I was all distraught about it, and then that day I was just like, you know what, whatever, because, like, I found, Father Leon told me usually, or he said publicly in the Amped thing when we had the, um, the doctors came and gave their presentation about how they were going on their missions, they were going to Taiwan, and... You even mentioned, because you felt called by the Spirit to say, 
and I can tell the emotion. I thought, thought the same thing, but you're the one that put it into words where I think no one else could have. That's why the Spirit filled you with it because you had the, the courage, I think, or you were the one that was supposed to say that. And I could tell he loved that you said that the complete sacrifice. And that was the moment where when I went myself, I'm like, I need to, like, Uncle Johnny appreciated that so much. And I could see that and I need to be able to do that myself, like what the doctors did, to be able to have that same you know, passion for the spirit that you had. And it's almost like just after that day, I'm not upset about it anymore. Because this is what I was saying before. Father Leon said, the thing that you usually don't, that you say no to the most, is the thing that you probably should be doing. So I always fought, because I wouldn't want to be open to all vocations. I always was like, I don't want to be a priest. I don't want to be a priest. But I don't know if I'm supposed to be one, but I'm starting to be open to it again. And I just gave up and said, you know what? If you want me to do that, fine. I'm open to it again, whatever you want. And I've had no pain, no agony. And it's like the breakup never happened because I'm just giving it all to the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, the Blessed Mother is there to comfort you too because I made a devotion to her through Our Lady of Sorrows because I was so upset. But Our Lady of Sorrows is cool because she went through agony this, watching her son the same way that Jesus experienced the agony himself. And you can give that pain up to Mary and Jesus because they'll suffer more than we'll ever be able to understand. And if you give that to them, they can take that and use it because you're allowed to feel pain. But if you remember that and give it to them, they'll help you. Same way like how you when you carry your cross, Jesus, he has a sweetness in his cross. So when you carry your cross with Jesus up the mountain, it's easier for you to carry yours because Jesus' sweetness is there. If you try to carry it yourself, you'll get crushed. Right. So it all ties back into each other. So just complete sacrifice, guys. I'll say it one more time. Complete sacrifice the Holy Spirit. Let him do his thing. Don't fight him. Don't say, I don't want to do this thing. Like, even I still sneak it in sometimes be like, I don't want to, but I'll do it anyway. I'll do it anyway because Mary said I'll do it. I'll be the handmaid of the Lord if you want me to be the mother of God. I need to say something. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> it's like when you initially, like, are about to take that step and, and dying to yourself, sacrificing yourself for, for him, it's like people tend to think, if I do God's will, and if I choose God, then I have to change everything about myself and my whole life, and I'm going to be miserable until I die. Like, misery, pain, awfulness, like, okay, God, I'll see you in heaven, like, if I get there, if I suffered enough, you know what I mean? Sorry. But when you surrender, like, <clears throat> when you actually unite your will with his, he knows you, he created you, he planted desires in you. If you are good at piano, if you're good at painting, if you're good at driving, I don't know, like, he, you know what I mean? Like, in, in your uniqueness as a person, he already, before you were even formed in the womb, like, were filled with these desires. So when you grow up, you're specifically where exactly you're supposed to be. So in choosing God's will and uniting your will with him, you think he's just going to make you upset? Like, no, that is when you become your most self, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
like in dying to yourself, you become exactly what he wanted you to be, which is just you. You know? Does that make that any sense? That makes so much <laughs> sense. He wouldn't have made I you. I can't even believe I've never heard it put in words that way before. That he made you if he didn't want you to be that way. Exactly. Yeah. Like we said before, like, there's a straight and narrow path, right? Right, right. And I said before, not a straight and narrow personality. Right. What I mean by that is, like, you don't yeah, need because to change yourself to fit in that straight and narrow path. Dominate. The things you do is what you need to change. Not your personality, not yourself. You don't need to become a saint. You don't. Right. It's just embracing it's... your full self and glorifying him. See, the thing is, if you do that, though, Dominic, then you can become that same. Right. Right. In doing that, <laughs> in giving up, in saying, okay, I'm not going to change myself, but I know this, this, and this probably aren't the best thing for me. In different words, you're detaching yourself from secular things. Really, that's just all mm -hmm. of it. It's just your, your full self. Live, you live your best life. It's like a whole thing. But just detaching yourself and realizing this is temporary. We get, what, 80 years? That's it. That's all we get. And you can use those 80 years and say, yeah, God's, God's real. I believe that. And he's great. And my relationship with him is whatever it is. And I get it. He gets it. We're good. Yeah. Or you can use that 80 years and glorify him and be joyful. Like, and just live out exactly who you're supposed to be and by and doing like, so sorry to cut you no. off but by doing so exactly what you said you get to live eternally in his kingdom of absolute happiness and god has already been all-encompassing he's eternal already so 80 years to him is nothing. nothing there is no time for him because he was there from the beginning people that are a hundred years old they're people like in the ancient times of like <laughs> After Jesus died, you think of, like, it just, there's no time for him. Right. You're, a ba like, nothing, like, not nothing, but you're, like, a baby in his eyes. Because you're always, only, your life has only been restricted to the human concept of time. Right. He's eternal. He's always living. So while you're talking about time, this has been on my heart or in my prayer life a lot lately. is just this profound understanding that he is timeless what you just said God is the eternal now so whether it happened 10,000 years ago or 10,000 years from now it's all the same now to him so he didn't like right. he's not like looking to see what's going to happen next he already seen it it's hard for us to comprehend because we mm -hmm. we have linear time. That's the way we think. He created us to see time in a linear manner. But what I'm getting at is where we are today in our lives, who we are, how we're growing, what we're dealing with, the good, the bad, all of it, was in a sense planned out by him for all eternity, from all eternity. Right. Your vocation, whether you're going to be a priest or whether there's a girl you're going to marry, he that has been, um, I guess, chosen for you in a sense from all eternity. He knew that 10 million years before you were conceived. He knew Brian Murgowski, the year 2020, would be struggling with this thing right. this day. 
and here's how it's already laid out how he's going to take you through and guide you through it's all a part of his providence that's what the word we hear the word providence although we don't really hear it that much these days anymore but providence is him providing that's what it is providing for us and the magnitude of the word providence is so much bigger than anything any of us ever contemplate you know because it's just there um so i love that concept of time a lot of times my prayer is uh please lord bring this about or, or you know let this happen or i'm praying for things i'm asking for things but my prayer has shifted recently it's become lord let me have the things you've already chosen for me to have i just haven't seen it yet let me have the person you've chosen for me. I just haven't seen that unfold yet in my life. So but I know you've, in your love and in your goodness, what's inherent in this and what is necessary to see this is to understand and accept that God is good. This is another thing that's just been on my heart like crazy because I did not believe that. You touched on it. You said, we think if we follow God's will and if we die to self, that expression die doesn't sound good. <laughs> right. Like, right. Right. We think, oh man, that just means everything's going to suck. Right? Right. Like, I used to say, I'm going to be honest with you guys, there are times I would talk to guys, I, as, you, as, as people get to know me, you get to know I'm extremely authentic with God. I will sit in church and I will say just really what's going on. And I'll be, sometimes I've said to him, not that long ago, Lord, why does your will always have to suck? <laughs> I mean, like, why does it always have to hurt? You know what I mean? And, and what I came to learn is kind of how Brian started all this off. It was actually me hurting myself. It was because I was trying to take control of things and strive for things, and I wasn't trusting him. But ultimately, more than anything else, it was that I wasn't believing that he's good. That's like step number one of our whole faith. It's in Genesis. God is good. He created everything good. He called it all good. He made Brian good. You know what I mean? Like, just believe it or not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, so, like, when I started to kind of be reminded of that or, or open up to that truth, then I could say, all right, I don't need to control everything. I don't even want to control everything. Because if you're my good father, you'll make it good. Let me just do it. This is what happened to me, okay? Life did suck. Mm -hmm. So people are going to watch this. Life sucked for me. I had a lot of things happen in my life that were devastating. I have not had an easy path in some respects. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening... So, so if somebody watching this is in a position where things are just hard right now, Things are, you're just struggling. You don't know what to do next. You don't know where to go. You don't know what you're being called to. Maybe you're never even considered the concept of being called to something. <laughs> Maybe you're just like, I'm lonely. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm depressed. I'm whatever it might be. This life is hard sometimes, particularly in this modern society. And I hate to sound like an old guy saying that, but like in this American society, things are hard sometimes. You know what I mean? It's hard to get an apartment sometimes. You know what I mean? To just make enough money. Just the basic things that can be challenging and difficult. Then you talk about the emotional brokenness of our society and relationships are always hard. And things that just seem so hard all the time. 
that is, it, it, it's like we're sharing right now the secret to life. I know it sounds crazy, but like that, I want to get to that. Like the things you got, I just sat here for like 15 minutes and I was like, whoa, what are you guys doing right now? Like to have that decision and it's not a huge decision. Sometimes it's a huge one. For me, when I made the decision, I remember I was, I was on, I was next to a tree outside, like in a park. I was in public. There were people around and just all this, all the pain and suffering and difficulty I had for like 10 years just poured on me. I was crying. I was like embarrassed. But at the same time, I wasn't embarrassed because it was just like, this is happening. And I knelt down next to a tree. It was this big tree. I remember it. And I was just like, Lord, I just give it all to you. So that moment seemed like a big dramatic decision to me because the, the moment was dramatic in my heart. But in reality, it wasn't that big of a decision. It was, here was the decision. I'm going to compare what I know to what God knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to compare what I can see to what God can see. My time dependent mentality to his timelessness. You know what I mean? Like all of it. And I just went here. You know what I mean? Like you, you feel, I feel like you kind of said you did that mm -hmm. recently. Like just, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been trying my best. I was about 33 or 34 or something. Like I've been trying this for 30 years and it's just, everything seems to be falling apart. I'm doing something wrong. Or even if I'm not, I don't know. I just don't know how to do this anymore. I don't know how to be happy. And sometimes the greatest prayer is just to look at God and say, I don't know. It's just because it's a moment of humility. There are many places in this Bible where he says, be humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. The Lord does not spurn a humble and contrite heart. They, they just There's so many things like that in the Bible. And and. I had that moment of humility and, and you know, it lasted more than a, like a moment. It was like a half hour. I was just like, losing <laughs> it, right. But that was the turning point of my whole life. And the, the thing that was tough about it is that I had to be in the lowest moment of my life to get there. And that's not God's fault. God didn't say, I'm going to make him suffer until he <laughs> breaks. Like, no, 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 no. That was my fault. I was so strongly trying to control everything that God was like, okay, your free will, okay, try. Try on your own. Good. Okay, I got a sentence. Don't forget it. Try. And I did. And I just kept failing time and again until finally I just said, okay, I'm going to try something different. What if you take over? And then this is the turning point of my life. And there have been a lot of ups and downs since then. It's not like life becomes magic. You're not, yeah. you're not living in Disney World forever until, you know, <laughs> once you decide to give it to God. But um, the down times are way easier to get through. Right. As you guys know. Go ahead, Lori. You know, that was your... a great yeah. like, thing going into what I was <laughs> Good. Great. This is what I was going to say. Things we think are bad are actually good. I, I did, that's what I learned in adoration, and that's what that prayer book showed me, or that daily Roman Missal. So, like, 
I'm going to give you guys a couple examples right now. I was telling you guys the other day about I was up for a promotion at work for this job promotion. Yeah. And I was told it's gone. I can't get it. It's it's closed. But when I found that out, normally I would have been upset. But I was like, the first thing I thought of is, wow, got close to job position. I wonder what he's going to do with me now. Like... It's not bad because <laughs> I at that moment I realized for the first time in my life I looked at something in God's eyes because I was doing the prayers every day that were in the book when I woke up in the morning reflecting on what the day was for that week and then prayers before and after meals in the evening and when I did that he was on my mind all day so when that came to me and I even prayed to him before I went in the meeting to find out that wasn't it. I was like, oh man, he must have something either better or it's not the right thing and something else has got to happen. And that's how I saw it. And one of my coworkers actually came up to me. He's like, why are you smiling happy about that? And I'm like, because it could, it could be anything. You know what I mean? I didn't say in front of him. He's not really super. I maybe should have said it you know, <laughs> because of like the religion and stuff. But like. For the first time ever at that moment, I said, I'm not getting this because God doesn't want me to and because there's something else he wants me to do that's not that. Yeah, just just if you keep him throughout the day, you pray to him, you acknowledge him, you praise and honor him. Like, And when I mean honor him, like these prayers you're saying are actually honoring him. Like, you're my Lord, my God. Um, this saint did this thing. I want to do the same. And you're just praising him throughout the day. Even if you're not doing it all the time, if you set those moments in the day to do them, that's how it starts. I feel like this isn't where like it's going to cap off. Like I feel like I'm going to start this and then I'm going to make it every decision I make. Like every email I send, like even if I sip a cup of water, like I start thinking, I think about that now like, you know what, Jesus, maybe I should drink water because I've been having some more sweets and stuff. Maybe I should do that to take care of my physical body. Like I would have never said that. <laughs> like I'm seriously yeah. like I, I don't I normally wouldn't think about things like that I started eating healthier like I would normally spend nine dollars a day on like fried food at the cafeteria and ever since I started doing this I went to NCP and said you know what I'm an Italian guy I'm gonna get a pound of salami <laughs> get some bread and then get apple and eat some <laughs> salami sandwiches yeah, apples every day She used to say, you guys want a sucker? And she used to take salami, <laughs> roll it up, and give it to us. Really? A meat well, sucker. Sometimes yeah. it was ham. Yeah. That was me before you guys were alive. See, my mom would have like, <laughs> so, my mom would go to Tops and get her roll up a thing for me so I could eat the bologna or that. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I didn't call it a sucker. I was like, oh, it's a bologna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My mom called it a sucker. But, um. changing the way I'm eating, eating an apple. And then I found out after that apple helps with your digestive tract and like I feel way healthier and stuff. And like just little things like that. He's getting me to like start thinking about even the things I'm eating. Like thanking him for even eating the apple. Thinking about where that apple came from. A tree that he grew that 
you know, because trees are living too, he created them so that I could eat the apple off of it. The farmer that made the bread, we should honor him because he's the one that right. harvested it. About the people that is... distributed it, it's all God. He sees it all. It's a spider web. <laughs> and you should honor everyone that was part of it to that point when I'm eating that food. Right. So, like, he makes you in... You know what I mean? Right. What were you going to say? I was gonna, just going to say, like, what it's about is, like, acknowledging that he's not a mascot for the church. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, is a living being. Okay, this is what I was going to say. Was, Brian, the best thing, sorry, really quick, the best thing about everything that you just said made me, Dominic, John, and probably somebody watching, like, you, the way that you trust him and have confidence in him and see him in everything separates him from God, the idea, to God, the person in your life that yes. is the center. Go ahead, sorry. Well, yeah, <laughs> just, he is an actual being. Yeah. As soon as you start treating him as an actual person, Person, yes. Person. Yes. Not being. Sorry, no. <laughs> no, we no, know what you meant. Don't yeah. say being. Let's say person. He lived on this earth. Right. Like, I don't go around talking about Uncle Johnny or Brian or Mary like they're <laughs> beings or ideas or mascots for the family. No. I mean, like, <laughs> you gotta speak in third person. Like, you're just like, oh, well, I think God would like to. Or, like, how do I put it? Like, so, Grandpa talks to the people, like, hey, Grampy, like, <laughs> wants to go out and ever eat. Like, we don't do it. You can't talk about him like he's something that. Like, he's a thing. He's not a thing. He's a person. As soon as you start treating. And I said this a billion times. Stop treating him like a. A thing, he's a person, and then he treats you in a different way. Like, not that he thinks of you in a different way, but he's once you start acknowledging him, you'll notice him acknowledging you. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. He like, always has been. He always has been, but now you notice.